tradition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls. Because all I see is a tower of dreams, real love bursting out of every seam. Days go by, the bigger love of the family. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Family Chatters. I, of course, am your host, Christopher McCarthy. Uh, that was the theme song to Family Chatters, of course, by Julian Morena. If you're interested in hearing more things from Julian Morena, go to his website. It's uh, facebook.com slash a Julian Morena, and uh, listen to it with your ears and your hearts. Open up your hearts to Julian if you'd like. Uh, we are here. It's Family Chatters episode number four, or uh, Fam Chat Four, is uh, I believe what the kids are calling it. I know uh, I'm pretty up on what the kids call things. I saw a bunch of kids before, and they were like, "Yo, man, you hear that Fam Chat?" And uh, it's on fleek. It's on yeah. fleck. Is it fleek. Fle- fleek or fleck? I think it's fleek. I think it's fleek. And what does that mean? Does anyone know? Dope. That means it's, it's dope. It's dope. It's on point. Um, I have some guests here in the studio with me. Uh, this is very exciting. They are a married couple. Perhaps you've heard of them. Perhaps you haven't. You probably haven't, actually, because <laughs> they're just uh, friends of mine. You'd be surprised. We get around. Okay. Well, let's find out. Over here, we have Melissa Bernardo. Howdy. Howdy to you as well. And then her uh, husband, Mike Rodriguez. Thanks, Rich. Good to be here. <laughs> hey, my na- I love- for the last time, <laughs> my name is Chris. Um, so now you guys are married. Um, how's, how's that going? Horrible. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear. We're getting a divorce next week. Wow. Next week? Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. And then later on in the show, we'll be joined by special guest, Dr. Frank Carpano, who is a sitcom scientific consultant. So we'll see what he has to say later. So uh, we're going to talk today about Family Matters, Season 9, Episode 4, Episode 197 of the series. It's called Drinking and Jiving. We just watched this. And as a married couple, (laughs) I have to ask you, was this episode on your mind when you, Mike, when you proposed to Melissa? Oh, of course. Were you thinking, had you just watched this? I did. And it was playing again in my head. And every time we have sex, also. Okay. How about you, Melissa? I've never seen it before. Oh. This was my first Family Matters episode ever. We should talk about that. So you have never seen the show at all? Nope. So now you must have a lot of thoughts on it. I assume you loved it. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. So I'm going to read a synopsis of this episode. It goes as such. Laura and Maxine go to a frat party, and Laura ditches her goody-two-shoes reputation by having her first beer Along with her second, Urkel arrives to stop this nonsense and take a drunken Laura home. Meanwhile, Carl and Harriet have secret wedding anniversary plans for each other. Only problem is the plans are completely different. 
So now this is why you guys are here, because you are married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I assume you have wedding anniversary plans all the time, right? No. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll get there in a, in a minute. First, I want to talk about Laura and Steve in this episode. What happens first is uh, Steve uh, is, 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 by the way, not Laura's boyfriend. Laura's boyfriend right now in this series is Stefan Urkel, who, of course, is Steve's clone. So uh, it starts with them uh, making out on the couch, her and Stefan. And Stefan is, like, always kind of dressed like he's trying clothes on at Joseph A. Bank. Yes, yes. He's wearing, a, like, a vest, oversized vest and a big tie. And he's just, he looks like he's wearing clothes that don't fit him. It was the 90s. That was, like, the boxy suit style. He's also a male model. And he says, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Rome to strut my modeling stuff. And uh, so, see ya. <laughs> and she's like, well, okay, I'm going to a frat party tomorrow night. And I might get a little crazy while I'm there. Was she trying to make him jealous? Oh, good point. Ma- trying to comfort him, but it went, it backfired. Yeah. He's like, I, don't worry, it won't get crazy. He's like, right. it'll never get crazy. Yeah, he says, you're not crazy. You couldn't be crazy if you tried, Laura Winslow. And she goes, oh, yeah, watch me. Cut to <laughs> the frat party. And guess who gets crazy? Laura fucking Winslow. Yep. So what happens is they go to this party. They walk in, and Laura's like, I'm about to just get crazy. And Maxine says the same thing that Stefan said. She goes, you can't get crazy. You're not crazy. Not without alcohol. Well, right, but I think you're supposed to assume that she does not drink, and she never has a drink, ever. How old is she? She's 20. She's 20. Oh, oh, okay. So it would be illegal. Yeah, that wasn't clear. Right, and I assume neither of you have ever had a drink of alcohol before you were 21. That's absurd. It's devil's poison. Uh, So she goes, and what happens is she gets peer pressured by a hot guy standing at the... Some lame-ass peer pressuring, if you ask me. What would you have done differently to peer pressure her? Um, a little bit more. Oh, you'd have been like, fucking drink this. Yeah. Oh. That's she how you peer pressure somebody. Just pull a gun on her. You have to make them scared to not do what you want them to do. All he really did was say he didn't have any diet soda. That's another thing. You have a party. You need diet soda. They only had beer. It was a horrible frat party. So, uh, so she's like, do you want, do we have any diet soda? And he uh, peer pressures her. By saying, no, we don't. <laughs> that and was just peer goes, pressure. Yeah. Uh, no, she, I got beer. Okay. Right. And then she's like, well, I guess that's just as good. And, uh, and then this is my favorite line. Met her friend Maxine. She takes the beer and her friend goes, Laura, you know there's alcohol in that beer, right? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Have you guys ever had beer with alcohol in it? Or? No. Oh, Duels has a little bit, I think. That's the most alcohol you've ever had in a beer is O'Doul's. I've had ginger beer. That does not. What about alcohol. root beer, right? Mm, birch beer. Those are the. I think we've named all the beers. <laughs> so, if none of those have it, those are the only beers you've ever had: is birch beer, mm. root beer, and O'Doul's. So the, the most alcohol you've ever had from a beer is O'Doul's, and I think that's like negligible. Yeah, I had thirty of them though. <laughs> oh, were you peer pressured? They didn't have any diet soda. That's the. That's see. That's I think how most people start drinking. Yeah. Because you go to a party. Of course, you're not going to want alcohol, but then they don't have diet yeah. soda. Got any diet soda? Nope. Got a Yoohoo? Nope. What do you got? Vodka? Fuck it, I guess so. Right. And that's how you became an alcoholic, I think, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. Because, they, because you went to a frat party, they didn't have Yoohoo. 
And you were like, I guess I'll just drink for the rest of my life. Yeah, I walk around with an IV full of vodka most of the time. Yes, you do. I was gonna. I didn't want to mention that that you have an IV strapped to you right now. I yes. thought it was for some kind of medical reason, but I have a med card for it. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they gave those out for <laughs> vodka IVs. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Wow. So she gets peer pressured into drinking this alcoholic beer, and uh, she has like two sips. Cut to her dancing on a table. She says, "I'm gonna get my swerve on right now," and uh, and boy is she right. Oh, she got the, down. The swerve was thoroughly on. Yeah. There was no off button on the swerve. Mm-hmm. No, it broke. She broke it. It was on fleek. I don't really know if that's the right... I don't even know how to use that word. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we are on fam chat, which is what all the cool <laughs> kids listen to. So we need to be up on this shit. Yep. Because she got turnt and on fleek. Yeah. And broke the button. And she stayed that way. <laughs> is that a phrase? Broke, broke the, the button? button? Oh, is that a reference to what I just said? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I thought that was a new... Term that I don't We're know. We're creating new terms here. Yeah. Break that button. Man, she was partying mm. so hard. She broke the button, son. Off the chain. Yeah, she was thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she had all the beer. She wanted She was thirsty. Too. Yeah. I don't know if that's a slang as much as a description of what she was. Yes, she was actually thirsty. Yeah. Uh, so she's turned up and she's got her swerve on and she broke the shit out of that button. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and her friend Maxine is like, Laura, get off the table. You're you're drunk. And she's like, Fuck yeah, I'm drunk. I just drank two gulps of beer. Uh, so she gets down, and all the guys now have their eyes on her because they're like, This bitch is drunk, and we're gonna all hook up with her. I think that's what they assume. She gets drunk. She gulps. She chugs one more beer, mm-hmm. and then Steve Urkel comes in, and 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 is appalled at what is happening in front of him. He goes, Laura Winslow, you have been drinking alcohol and then she falls into a guy's lap a stranger's lap and he pretty much molests her like her hand his his hand hand is pretty much down in front of her genitalia i believe it's called yes um genitalia is that how you pronounce that genitalia Genitalia. oh i didn't know that i've been saying genitalia for a long time and i say it a lot uh so he's touching her genitalia and um and Steve Urkel goes, uh, goes, get your hands off her. I'm taking her home. And he stands up. He's like, no, you're not. And then he just punches him right in the face. He hauls off and knocks. He, what he does is he cleans Steve Urkel's clock, I believe they say. He somehow punched a guy with glasses and didn't hurt his hand at all. Speaking of punch, what kind of a frat party doesn't have punch? That's a very good point. Frat parties in Chicago? Apparently. I have never been Just to beer. One. I was at that party. <laughs> You were you were there? Yes. Wait a minute. Why didn't you bring this up before? Uh, didn't he was behind to. the camera. Now, were you aware at the time that this was an episode of Family Matters, or you just thought you were at a frat party? I uh, just thought it was uh, okay night. Right. I guess. So what happens after that? Steve uh, Urkel brings Laura home drunk. He she is slung over his shoulder, and uh, comes in, drops her passed out ass on the couch. Oh, let's back up a little bit. Okay. Because right before that, as he's hauling her around over his shoulder, he makes a very demeaning comment about her weight. Really? What I say I missed this. What did oh, he say? Oh, we missed that. Um, what have you been eating? <laughs> a demeaning comment? Yes, it is. I mean, yes, it, it implies is. that she is heavy yes. to carry. And maybe she's been changing her diet recently and has put a few pounds on and he's noticed and he's now demeaning her when she's vulnerable. And I don't think that was very nice. Saved her from getting raped by frat guys. And when he says, oh, you're heavy, that's demeaning? I think you're chalking him up to be a, a bigger 
better guy than he actually is. So, but you are right. Uh, he does make that comment. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: she doesn't notice because she's drunk as hell and passed out over his shoulder. But we know she was pretending. Oh, she was faking it. Wait, oh, you're skipping way ahead. No, Thank I was you. hoping it was. The <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. Yeah, that's somewhere. I'm not good at like finding those in a in a pinch. Let's see if I could do it under pressure here. Um, that was definitely not it. That's the closest one, though. Excited children. <laughs> yeah. He's that, carrying in this drunk girl. <laughs> the audience was full of children <laughs> that night. Um, so, yeah, so she uh, she gets dropped off on the on the couch, and Steve is like, time for you to go to bed, and she starts hitting on him. And she's like, Steve, you know what? You're, you're looking pretty fine right now. And uh, he's like, okay, take it easy there, guy. But uh, so she um, starts hitting on him, and she kisses him. She goes, I'll kiss your boo-boo. And she kisses his, his, his black eye that he got from being punched. And then she kisses him, guess where? On the lips, you guys. Ooh. Wait. <laughs> yeah, finally got it. So... Uh, I, I mean, you guys are a married couple. Have you ever kissed on the lips? Mm-mm. Which? No. Oh, no. Which? Oh, you were going to say, oh, here she, we go. She kissed me on the boo-boo once. Or she night. kissed you on your boo-boo? Is, what, is that a slang for? His fleek. Oh. Mm-hmm. You guys should try to kiss each other on the lips Behind instead of on your boo closed doors when nobody's looking. Oh. Through a sheet. You kiss each other's <laughs> lips through a sheet? Yeah. Is that a religious custom or is it just yeah. feels better? Um. Uh. I'm a Scientologist. He's half Scientologist. Half, half. Oh, you're half Scientologist, so that's what they do? Apparently, half Scientologists can't actually wash dishes. Oh, shit. Now we're getting... Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now we're getting into some actual... Um, yeah. Or sweep the floors. I'm feeling actual tension in this marriage right now. I'm going to turn this into a Dr. Phil episode very soon and start like counseling. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So for now, so for the next couple minutes, I'm just gonna be Dr. Phil. Okay. Um. So, here's the thing. Y'all need to just get real. I am real, Phil. All right. That settles that. Thank you. So back to family <laughs> matters. <laughs> okay. So cut to the next day. Laura comes down the stairs. She's hungover. Bullshit. She's hungover. No, she was definitely hungover. You don't buy it. No, I don't buy it. She came down looking all primmed up, like she was ready to go to a. The store. Primmed up like she was ready to go to the store. <laughs> yeah. So you get all you get all fancy every time you have to go to a store. Some. Some of us okay. do. So before we actually get to the hangover part, Chris, yes. I want to turn it on you and ask you if have you ever passed out from a kiss? Because Steve did. Steve passed out from a kiss. Uh, that's a good point. So yeah, she, she passed out because she's drunk. Yeah, that he makes sense. He passed out because the kiss was so good. Yeah. That he, he just he he fell over. This is also like his dream woman, and he I guess I need the history to get it. Yeah, so my fault. So here's the history. Here. This is your first uh, episode. Yeah, it's not your fault. So what happened is Steve Urkel has been obsessed with Laura Winslow from when he was a child, and she has always hated him. And it's been really creepy. And he's been very, pretty creepy. Did he ever see her naked? <laughs> like, did I, he spy on her? Was like that kind of creepy? Well, the dude made a time machine. Hell yeah, he saw her naked. Oh, okay. he figured yeah. that one out pretty quick. Yeah, if he if I made a time machine, the first thing I would do is look at people naked. <laughs> yep. 
Because what else do you do with a time machine except spy on people <laughs> when they're naked? Oh, I would do. I don't know what else you could possibly do with it. But uh, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's uh, snuck a peek of her um, genitalia. <laughs> Her, her genitals. <laughs> so she comes down the stairs. She's hungover. We've established. Uh, Steve is there, and uh, and Steve is icing his his face because he's got a, a boo boo, <laughs> and um, and he's like, "Hey, so I remember that kiss." And she's like, "No, I don't, Steve. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "We kissed last night." And she's like, "I don't. You're gonna have to uh, not remember that because I didn't do that." And uh, and then he says. What do you mean you don't remember it? That kiss was the best thing that ever happened in my life. He actually says that. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that ever happened to this dude in his life was uh, making out with a <laughs> really <laughs> drunk woman. Yet he's the hero. Then, uh, the next day even, or maybe later that day, Maxine's doing her hair, and she's like, uh, and Laura's in a daze. And uh, Maxine's like, girl, what's wrong with you? And she goes, I have to tell you, Maxine, and this is a secret. <laughs> I think I have a crush on Mr. Steve Urkel because I told him I didn't remember kissing him, but you know what? I did remember. She's a liar. She's a horrible, horrible person. Wow. You know, so is Steve. They're, they, you know, they deserve each other. Wow, you, you really do not like these characters at all. <laughs> I think you had to grow with them. So, uh, so guess what else happened in this episode? What else? Uh, Carl and Harriet have a little bit of a fight. Carl's a cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Whoa, did you just figure that out right now? Thank you. Well, yeah. Oh. My first episode. He was wearing a uniform uh, at the beginning. Yeah, of he was, no, wearing, I wrote he it was down. wearing a policeman's uniform. Oh, you wrote it down. Yeah, but so I know his you... name's wrote Dad. Why wasn't Will Smith in this episode? Excuse me? Is it Will Smith on the show? Will Smith is not on this show, and no. that's a little racist. <laughs> he was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is a... Not The com- Fresh Prince of Chicago. No. Uh, I didn't so watch any of them. Carl Winslow, the police officer, uh, has a surprise for his wife on their wedding anniversary, their 23rd wedding anniversary. And the surprise for her is that he's taking them both to the Chicago Bears game on the night of their anniversary, and he's hired a blimp to fly over, and it's going to say on the blimp, Carl loves Harriet. I, I just like that he, he chose what he wants to do. Um, well, that's exactly what Harriet did. Name, right? Yeah, that's Har- yeah. So you're catching on. Uh huh. That's what Harriet did too. So well, here's, the, of, the, here's the here's the no, here- not kind of. She did. Guys, eat- guys, Sorry. come on. For a second. Sorry, Doctor Phil. Yes. <laughs> Y'all need to just relax for a moment. <laughs> Take a step back and get real. Every time you guys start bickering, I'm gonna drop Doctor Phil on you. Thank you. So um, you're welcome. Uh, oh, so the the point of contention in this episode with these two is that they both make plans and both of the plans are what that person wants to do not necessarily what the other person wants to do so carl makes plans and they're both secrets so carl makes a secret plan to go to a football game harriet makes a secret plan to take a tour of lake michigan on a boat which is weird and then they both tell eddie separately and eddie like can't handle the pressure he starts freaking out he's like oh my god they neither of them know that the other one's doing the thing it's a lot of pressure this it is, is this is an anniversary so Eddie, it cuts to uh, Eddie busts into his parents' bedroom as they're sleeping, and and goes, guys, wake up! I have um, I have all this uh, pressure building <laughs> from knowing your plans, and I can't take it anymore. So you guys need to figure your shit out because you both made plans that are not the same plan. Peace. 
he leaves and they're like, well, I made plans to go to the football game. And Harriet's like, well, I made plans to go to Lake Michigan on a boat. And he's like, well, that's stupid. And she's like, no, you're stupid. And then they start fighting, kind of like you guys uh, do, I suppose, right? Do you ever go? Did you ever make uh, uh, plans opposite each other? Yes. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's happening already. Um, and uh, and then so they 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 storm out of their bedroom, all, both of them, and they both decide I'm gonna go to my plan, and you can go to your plan separately for our anniversary. That's what we're gonna do. So they both leave. And uh, but it turns out Carl she, married a foghorn. Well, so there was a, a reference to um, a foghorn because there uh, was a plan on a boat. So he makes a joke. She makes a joke about a foghorn. I don't know. And then he's like, I'm already married to a foghorn. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, yeah, well, you could forget about tooting this foghorn, <laughs> which is uh, which is slang for sexual intercourse. Yep. Um, but sex. Genital play. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> you think that, that was a reference to anal yeah. sex? The old foghorn, you know? The old foghorn. Taking it up the old foghorn. <laughs> blow it out the foghorn. The what? When you blow it out the foghorn. It's your butt. <laughs> That's not a f- saying. That is too a saying. Blow it out your foghorn? <laughs> yeah. No, it's your butt. Hey, come on, guy. Blow it out your foghorn. Talking about your butt. <laughs> so um, they leave, and they're very upset with each other. And then uh, the next day... Eddie Winslow is again there and is, can't handle his parents fighting. Which, by the way, dude, just move out. Yeah, <laughs> just get your own place. He's got to like be this. at least uh, even the the character has to be. Like he was 24. watching like '90s porn in the living room. Yeah. He was watching an exercise video and doing ab exercises, but uh, it sounded like yeah. a porn. It sounded like porn, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. That's is that, exact, what, is that, that's what, is that what you heard? That's how it started. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. That's I heard, how it well, started. I heard Mike doing that during while we were watching. <laughs> yes. So. No, Maybe. I was whispering. Um, so Carl and Harriet come in again and Eddie and they're fighting again and Eddie literally just goes guys and I, I'm going to do an Eddie Winslow impression right now so ready Ooh. he goes guys work it out it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good it's can not- you do an Eddie Winslow and a, like a half Eddie Winslow half Dr. Phil um, guys you know <laughs> y'all need to just work it out that was good that was good thank you this is the second, by the way, this is the second episode of this podcast in a row where I've been uh, asked to do impressions on the spot. And I oh, think wow. that uh, so far, so good. Yeah. I think I have two a, two. I think I might have a future is what I'm saying, doing, uh, doing celebrity impressions like Dr. Phil and Eddie Winslow crossover. <laughs> yes, a There's half a and huge, half. Yeah, There's a huge half. market for There's it. There's a big market for that. People love to see that. So, uh, so he says, work it out. And, uh, and then, and but they don't show them resolving their conflict. It's just resolved. So the next, it just cuts to them on and the boat what cruise. What a great resolution. So they cut to uh, the uh, Lake Michigan. They're on the boat cruise. And they're all she happy. She got now. her way. She, got, she did get her way. But and, and you know why he's that happy. That's why. That night. So he's yeah. going to go home and potentially um, give her anal sex. <laughs> is, that, is that what we're supposed to think? Yes. yes. Okay. Taking up the old foghorn. <laughs> she might be giving it to him and his foghorn. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I don't know what he, they're into. Yep. Do you? We shouldn't assume. It was the 90s. People always gave it to each other up the butt. 
See, now I'm just uh, going into impressions that don't <laughs> exist. Who was that? You got it in my head. <laughs> it was the 90s. People are just dead. Gilbert Gottfried? What it was, was that? Yes. That was half, half Gilbert Gottfried, half Carl Winslow. Oh, that was, um, that was, that was on fleek. So um, she, they, she gets her way. They're on the cruise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not and, a compromise. Well, there is a compromise because they say we're going to go home and watch the Bears game recorded on a VHS. And uh, and then he, he Carl goes, Harriet, I got another surprise for you. Look up in the sky My right dick. now. It is not his dick at this <laughs> moment. In the sky. <laughs> Everything has to be dicks with you, too. So he goes, look up in the sky. And she looks up and it's a blimp. It's the Goodyear blimp. With a picture of his he, dick. With a picture of <laughs> a photo of Carl's cock. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. So, um, no, so he, he, the blimp flies over Lake Michigan to their boat instead of going to the game. Somehow he convinced the blimp operator to leave the football game, which is where it was supposed to be. For no extra monies. For no extra money. He even actually paid less because he shared the billboard with a restaurant because it says, Carl loves Harriet. And she's like, oh, that's so cute. And then it switches to eat at Ray's. And he's like, ah, it costs less to share the billboard, right? And everyone laughs. And then... Uh, so they go home. They're so happy now that they're on this boat and they've compromised and everything is happy at the end of this episode. Um, and right now I'm going to cut to my very special guest. Everyone, please give a warm welcome. I assume everyone at home will be clapping when I do this. Uh, very special guest. Uh, here he is. Okay, I am here with a special guest. His name is Dr. Frank Carpano. He is a... Mr. Si- Mr. Frank Carpano. Oh, I'm sorry. It says doctor here. You're not a doctor, though. I mean, I, I wrote that, but that's a typo. You meant to write Mr. and you wrote doctor. Sometimes the D's and the M's. I actually switched the keys on my keyboard. That seems unnecessarily confusing. Um, well, th- uh, welcome, Ms. Uh, Mr. Frank Carpano. Uh, it says here you are a sitcom scientific consultant. That, now, that, is, uh, that is correct. Okay, so what does that mean? Uh, ultimately, really what that means is I am brought in uh, to different sitcoms here and there. Uh, anytime that there's one with uh, some kind of scientific element, including physics or uh, organic compounds, uh, they bring me in really just to understand uh, all the, uh, was what the writers are putting in. Is that correct? Uh, and uh, are they being a little bit too outlandish with the things that they're doing? Same things, doctor shows, they bring in doctors, things like that. Okay, so you're there to make sure whatever is happening in a, in a scientific realm is accurate. So you were hired on Family Matters yes. to verify uh, what? That Steve Urkel's inventions were, were all uh, physically possible? Uh, yes, yes. That's exactly what they brought me on for. So I was not part of season one. I really came in season two when they brought in Stephen Q. Urkel, uh, Quirkel, as, they, uh, as, as the writers called him in the back room because he's a quirky guy. Uh, that's just a little joke. They never really let that go. Okay, so public. you were uh, brought on in the second season. Yes, the first season, they didn't really have any scientific inventions that they wanted you to verify, but then they brought you on. So does that mean things such as the transformation chamber, the uh, time machine was invented on the show at one yes. point? Yep. Uh, robotic, Steve Urkel. These are all real things. Christopher, I'm really glad you bring that. Can I call you Christopher, by the way? Is that sure. uh, your friend call you Chris? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to call you Chris. I'm glad you brought that up, Christopher. Uh, so... 
I was they brought me on and my job really was to review the scripts and make sure that what was going into the into the episode was was factual because we didn't want to mislead the American public, right? Millions tuned in every weekend. What is your what is your background in science? What specifically are you as a scientist? So a, a, as I mentioned before, I am I am Mr. Franco Pano, so I'm not a doctor. Right. Uh, I do have multiple degrees, though. I have uh, six different master's degrees, uh, just to list a few. It's honestly, it's hard to remember all of them, Christopher. You have six master's degrees in what? Uh, I have one in uh, quantum physics, another in uh, astrophysics, another in just regular physics, because you got to have the basics. Sure. And then after that, a few kind of physics theory classes I took at, uh, uh, you know, at a local community college just to fill in the gaps. And uh, uh, also I have a minor in, uh, in business development. And uh, I took a few classes on basket weaving. And all of okay, so so how did you how did you end up getting this job on Family Matters? Did you work on other sitcoms before this? Was this your first one? So yeah, this was my first one. Prior to that, I uh, you know just did research, major firms. Uh, I, I worked uh, for NASA for a little while. Oh uh, yeah, I actually you know the guy who made that error, the measuring error where for the Hubble telescope they had to bring some stuff up, and the guy measured it in inches instead of centimeters. That was you. No, that wasn't me. It was the guy sits next to me, but I took the heat. Oh, you still got blamed for that, even though you didn't do it. Well, somebody's got to fall, you know. Okay, so you uh, got fired from NASA. Oh, uh, I mean, released. Okay, laid off. Let go. Okay, fired essentially. Um, so uh, another thing I should me- I just want to mention for the viewers at home who cannot see you, you have a a beautifully trimmed, bushy mustache. It is uh, a sight to behold. Thank you. Yeah, this took uh, this took years to craft. Uh, I I don't know how much money I've spent in those little tins of wax to twirl the little edges up. And the yeah, little you have a nice juice. little uh, little twirlies on yeah, the Yeah, it end. actually makes three loops. Right, it has a very old timey uh, feel about it. You almost look like uh, like you're from the old west. Yeah, that that's what I go for. Uh, despite the fact that I am from Warwick, Rhode Island, uh, I do like to make it appear like I am uh, from uh, the Midwest. So. Then you came on board, and what was the first invention they had you verify? What about, I mean, this is the obvious one that I feel like people are going to want to know about, a time machine. Yes, the, uh, the, the, math, the math actually worked out extremely well. Uh, so I would, uh, I would try to build, basically, the idea that they came up with. And uh, yeah, the time machine was one. It took me about uh, four or five days to build, uh, and it, it, it worked quite well. Actually, it took four or five days. It would take it a lot longer. But what kept happening was I get it like half done. I go in the time machine. I go back half as far as I need to. And I continue to work on it. You save time and money. Can I ask you a question? Is, uh, is anything that you've said so far true? Or are you, uh, you seem to be, I don't want to, you know, call you out necessarily. But you seem to be lying about a lot of this. I just don't buy it. You, you think I'm lying? I, I Christopher, kinda... let me explain something to you, okay? I still had that one time machine. We've done this same interview seven times. Okay. I have no way to verify that. None. Unless you show me the time machine. It, oh, you, you need me to show you the time machine? I would love to see one well, if you have very, it. You're very lucky. I keep it outside. I, I trail it around me wherever I go. All right. So let's go. Let's see it. All right. All right. Okay. We're outside. Where's the, where's the time machine? Literally. Uh, you see that, uh, you see that uh, Fiat out there? Uh, no. Well, it's, it's, it's invisible, too. All right. Oh, okay. Got a visible so it's paint. a wait. The time machine is an invisible Fiat. No, the t- time machine. You're a smartass. All right. No. You see the time machine. The Fiat's invisible. The trailer is fully visible. So okay, I I see what you're saying now. I see yeah. a, a trailer, uh, <laughs> being pulled by nothing, and uh, on the back it just looks like a cardboard box. 
you you have very keen eyes. So does do you recognize that time machine? I don't. It just looks like a cardboard box. Are you saying time machines can just be cardboard boxes? Are you talking about you playing like an imaginary game where you get in a box and pretend that you're traveling through time? No. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like uh, that's a yes. You got me, Christopher. Okay. <laughs> so this makes a lot more sense. Does it? Uh, yeah, actually, you're happy yes. now. You're proud of yourself. A uh, little. You, you broke a man who's been fired by NASA. I have six bachelor's degrees. Uh, is that true, or is, are we lying about any of those? No, well, I was lying about the masters. They're all bachelors, and none of them are in science. So you have six bachelor's degrees. Four. Okay. Was basket weaving real, or was that a lie? I couldn't get in. You couldn't get into the basket weaving program. I'm, re- I, you know, I kind of feel bad for you now. First of all, let's go back inside. It's cold out here. I'd, I'd prefer not to. Let's stay out here. Okay. Because okay? if, if I'm, if I'm going to be shaken down like this, Christopher, I drive all the way out here from Warwick, Rhode Island. I mean, here's what I've learned from this, is that when someone sends me an email and they say, I am a doctor, I invented time machines, I worked on the show Family Matters, what I need to do is uh, vet that a little bit more than I have. I really didn't question you at all. I said, uh, I said we'd love to have you on. I assumed it was all on the up and up, and uh, clearly I was wrong. So then what... What did you do, and what do you do for a living? I'm a correctional officer at the Warwick Prison. Okay. As you can tell by my voice and delivery. And mustache. The mustache, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm Wait, is that a fake mustache? Yeah, but Christopher. Oh, my God. You you see through the veil. You came on here in a disguise. (laughs) Absurd mustache. I should have noticed that. I have to. I'm not allowed to leave the state of Rhode Island. Don't tell them where we are right now. Oh, so you... Wait a minute. So you work at a prison... And you're not allowed to leave the state? Or are you are you in the prison? Did you escape a prison to get here? What is happening? No. Oh man. That's, so, you know what? No, I'll be, I'm gonna be can I be can we can I be honest with you, Christopher? Please. So I was I was a correctional officer at the facility, but yes. uh, I was caught stealing uh, too many pencils from the rec room. Okay. You know, the little ones they give you when you're like playing, but you gotta keep score. The little tiny ones. Uh, you like a golf like, pencil? Yeah, like mini, like mini golf. Oh, mini golf like. pencil. Okay, which is even smaller. Yeah, no, like the really tiny mini golf pencils. The problem was they were government property, actually property of the post office. That's a federal crime. Uh, I got, uh, I got five to ten years in the Warwick Federal Penitentiary. So you worked at the jail. You stole a few mini golf pencils, and they just put you in the that jail. Okay, so then that leads I, me to how you escaped prison to get here. Why do you think I had to have the invisible car? But we established there's no such thing as an invisible car. So what is that trailer? How did you get... I'm extremely confused. So you broke I, out of jail. Let's, so, no, Christopher, let me explain, okay? Okay? Please, Can yes. I, I've been waiting for you to actually explain for a I, long time. I, 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 feel I like, hits the trailer to the back of the transport truck. He was driving down to Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. I put a top over myself. Inside the cardboard box. I trail okay. it all the way down here. 95, I unhitched. Right. Right. And then I walked the rest of the way. And you dragged the trailer behind I dra- you. I, dra- I had to. What else could I do? You know, I could just leave the well, trailer. You could have just walked. got my DNA on it. Is your DNA on it? What were you doing in that box? What would you do if you were alone in a box? I, I don't know. I never. <laughs> I can honestly say that is a question I have never pondered. What would you do if you were alone in a, in a box? Uh, it seems like the answer to you was, uh, I guess you, what did you masturbate in there? And then no, Christopher, come on. Don't be gross. Okay. Look, I said, I sat in that box. I clipped my toenails. 
All right. Oh, so that's the DNA. That's well, you can't have toenails. They don't sell those at toenail clippers at a commissary. So I, <laughs> I, you know, prison when you want when you want to buy something right. for your prison, okay. so you go to commissary, right? They don't sell them there. So I was so able you, to steal so one so out of the truck a, and I clipped my toenails. Oh, God, let let me let me just uh, verify this for me. You said I want to escape prison and go to Connecticut and appear on this podcast <laughs> that I emailed this guy about, telling him I was a doctor where I and I'm not one. I'm going to escape prison, but first. I'm going to uh, grab a, a pair of toenail clippers and hide in this box that's on a truck going to Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. And I'm just going to hop. I'm going to, while I'm there, I might as well clip my toenails. And then I'm going to hop out in Connecticut and drag the trailer and the box because the box now has my toenails in it. So I wouldn't want them to find it and trace it back to me. Uh, and then you came here. That's a, that's, that's a very good synopsis. You, that was fantastic, actually. Yeah. So that's true. So we finally have gotten to something true. No. <laughs> so okay. What am I missing? It was my fingernails I clipped, not my toenails. I think that's a small enough detail that <laughs> you are uh, quite the con man. I I mean, I would like to say that I'm not going to call the police on you, but I I have a feeling that I'm going to get in trouble because now you're in my house. Well, outside my house. We're still outside. I forgot. Uh, yeah, we should probably... Yeah, I should hide. I don't think I want you inside now anymore. Do you have a basement or a box? Uh, I, well, you have a box. <laughs> on that trailer. But you, know, but you know where my box is. <laughs> it's true, I do. It's right outside my house. It's there. Uh, I think I'm going to ask you to leave <laughs> and... Uh, you know, if you if you wouldn't mind, if you could just grab your trailer and drag it back to the highway, uh, I'll tell you what. I won't call the police. We'll just pretend this never happened. So are you are you asking me to try and rehitch that to a truck going eighty miles an hour down the highway? Uh, no, I'm just asking you to leave my house and take that with you because you escaped jail in it. That I can do. Um. Wow. Okay. Well, thank. I want to thank you for being on the podcast, even though I don't know. So, did you do? Do prisoners listen to this podcast? Is that how you found out? Yeah, uh, they do. It's actually it's it's quite rampant uh, in there. They're actually, over the over the radio, that's all they play. Uh, they think it's torture. So, well, I guess I want to thank. Uh, I guess you're listening right now. I want to thank the prisoners down at Wardwick. Uh, Warwick. Um, Warwick Federal Penitentiary. Federal Penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, WWP. www.warwickfederalpenitentiary.com. <laughs> Sounds like way too many W's. Um, uh, well, I get. Would you like to give a shout out to any of your buddies at the jail? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, Hamato, if you're listening, uh, I'll be back soon. Do not tell him that I'm gone. Other inmates, please do not steal my shower slippers. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. All right, so that was that, and I want to thank. Great. Should we do like a take two? Take two of what? The whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's start over. So, welcome to... Fa- I don't have this in me, Melissa, for Christ's sake. Um, but I, I would like to thank my, my two guests for being here, the married folks, as we call them. Uh, Melissa and Mike, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you will come back and join us again. Never again. Okay. I'd be happy to. More disagreement here. He says no, you say yes. I'm going to be home watching the Bears game. Okay, where are you going to be? Lake Michigan. <laughs> Neither of those are convenient <laughs> to either of you, but uh, I wish you luck. Um, so that's that's all I got. I'm going to sign off now. But one more thing. I have a thing now that I do where I, I leave on a catchphrase. So here's the thing. I'm going to rely on you guys to throw me a catchphrase, and then the f- whichever one I like more, I'm going to say. Oh. This is going to be a competition. Is that it? Is that, Is that your catchphrase? Oh. No, that wasn't it. All right, what is Mine Let's is- go. 
out. Piss out? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it peace out? You get it? Piss, piss out. out like a window? <laughs> yeah. yeah. As opposed to pissing in. That's not that's not uh, terrible. All right, Mike? I, th- I, I want you to whisper, oh, fuck it. Uh, let's see. Piss out. Okay, bye.